Bicycle, but do I want to ride it for three weeks uh, up and down some of the toughest territory that you can imagine? Uh, well, a lot of them do, and it's a, a massive occasion, and it captures the world's attention, uh, does the Tour de France. More than 10 million racing fans will line the roads over the next three weeks to catch a glimpse of their favourite riders. Uh, we've all seen them running up the mountains alongside the riders. It's just a spectacular sight. Uh, this year we have a new Kiwi rider on tour, Invercargill's very own Corbin Strong will take uh, on the world's best cyclists over 2,100 miles with his team, Israel Premier Tech. And Southland-based cycling coach and commentator Julian Ineson joins us this morning uh, to preview the 110th edition of the Tour de France. Uh, Julian, good morning to you and thank you so much for coming on. No problem whatsoever. Corbin Strong, what a good story this is and what a great opportunity. Oh, it's an outstanding one, and, and obviously um, Bias being a, a local lead, seeing him progress through the ranks and to make it to the ultimate stage of cycling, and that is something quite some some fantastic piece of history, really, because he's a, only the second Southlander to make it to, to this particular race with uh, Tom Scully being there in the last uh, few years as well. And no doubt Tom's been in contact with him, giving him some advice, heading into this three weeks of, as you said, a, a very gruelling event indeed, uh, where they're going to be climbing in excess of 5,000 metres in some cases on some days there. It's, it's going to be a tough ask for the young man, but uh, he's certainly got the right attitude to going into it. Well, Julian, this is a good story because it's, it's not an easy... It's not easy. I mean, so many would try to be a part of a team for a premier event like this. Just how hard has it been in terms of his pathway? Yeah, it's uh, an interesting pathway for the likes of Corbin. It's riders over the years it's changed a lot. Of course, for New Zealanders, it was very, very difficult in the early days. There was just no lead-in whatsoever. But nowadays, you see a number of Australians and New Zealanders getting in via the ways of uh, Swift, for example, and that's um, where we see the likes of the Michael Binks of this world who got picked up by his uh, UAE team there by uh, on the online racing you've got likes of Corbin who's gone through the track route really and that's uh, and when he took out that real title a couple of years ago in the points race that really earmarked for him for a number of teams around the world thinking this guy's got the goods they keep a close eye on those guys at Commonwealth Games and Olympics and real cup meetings and that there and in the endurance side of things and that's often where they get a bit of a tap on the shoulder and get that opportunity to take up the reins of going into the real team. But, of course, once you're in it, and that doesn't mean you're naturally going to make it to this top stage here with the Tour de France, he's had to work extremely hard over the last couple of years to show to his team that not only is he a performer both on the bike, but also very much the professional off the bike as well. And that's where, I guess, for our general public, they don't see a lot of that hard yards that goes on, the dealing with the media, the nutritional side of things, dealing with injuries and so forth, like a lot of sports. Um, but they've seen the talent of this young man. They know he's got the right attitude. They know he's got the winning ways. He knows where to position himself well. Of course, he took out a stage earlier the year with the Tour of Britain. Mm. So that cemented it for him. And, uh, and now he's got that opportunity to take on the world's best. Julian, what will Corbin's role be within this uh, team? Um, you know, there are certain uh, roles, obviously, in team cycling as such. What, what do you think uh, his job will be? 
Well, first and foremost, he's going to be one of the uh, the hard workers in the team there, what they call the domestiques. And uh, they've got teams of about eight riders that are involved in their in their tour team, and they've all got specific roles. You've got sprinters, you've got climbers, you've got the guys going for the general classification. And each team comes in with a, a different uh, approach to the tour. And uh, for his particular team, they'll be hunting out particular stages. And then he's very um, well supported with some very experienced uh, riders for, and within his team here that will give him plenty of advice and guidance throughout that week. But they've already earmarked for him the opportunity to try and take out some of the stages which will involve the sprinters, the bunch of kicks, but also wouldn't count them out and in being involved in one of the breakaways and that during the tour where he gets down to a small group and knowing the sort of kick that he's got at the end of a stage here, he could well be in serious contention because, of course, he's up against some of the world's best sprinters. I mean, you've got a piece of history. There's lots of stories within the tour. And this year, none more so when you've got the likes of Mark Cavendish, who's going to be one of the guys he's going, that Corbin's going to be going head-to-head with in those bunch kicks. And, of course, Cavendish is trying to extend his winning ways with the tour um, stage wins and ensure that he gets the record there after coming back from retirement, basically, on the brink of retirement in the last couple of years. So it's going to be, it's going to be a hard, hard ask for Corbin, but he's got a very good team around him that will be leading him out into those sprint finishes. Right, 21 stages, uh, eight flat, four hilly, eight mountainous, uh, four summit finishes and one time trial. Uh, who are our leading contenders? Uh, who are the names we should be looking at uh, to be at the forefront wearing the yellow jersey predominantly? Well, of course, you've got the defending champion there, Vinegard there of the Jumbo Bismuth team, and, and that team as a whole is outstanding with the sort of riders that they've got around them. He's been in some very good form in uh, recent weeks here leading into it, and it uh, looks like he's going to be a serious contender once again. And the team he's going to be right up against, and I talk about teams because, of course, yes, there is an individual that will be in yellow and in the various respective classification jerseys, but they've got riders around them who are all working towards supporting that rider to get there. It's a team event, and that will be the UAE team, Emirates team. Of course, George Bennett from New Zealand is a member of that team, unfortunately, due to an accident. He won't be uh, joining Pogaccia, who, of course, is the man that's won the tour a couple of times over. And then Vidigar took it off from last year there. So these two, I expect to go, as does the world expects, these two men to go head-to-head throughout the three weeks of racing. Both have been in outstanding form. Uh, both have had injuries and sickness at different points during the season, but um, have certainly shown that they're coming into this in some fine form. Um, Bogatia, of course, is taking out the Slovenia National Road Race Championship and time trial just in recent days, so we know he's very much ready to go. And In his own words, he said he's got nothing to lose. He's not coming in as the defending champion, so, of course, he doesn't have as much pressure and that's um, expected of him, but people know exactly what this guy is capable of. So that would be a fine race to watch. As for the remainder of the podium, and that you've got a number of Australians in there in the mix. You've got a dozen of them in contention. Uh, Jai Hindley would be one of those guys from the Bora team that would expect the 27-year-old, and that um, doesn't have a lot of experience when it comes to the big grand tours as such, and that's, um, but it's certainly had some good results over the last few seasons. Uh, Lander from the Bahrain Victorious team. He's been around for a number of years. He's one of the, the old heads. And experience counts for a lot in any tour, but particularly in a grand tour. At 33 years of age, this guy's still pretty experienced. He's had five appearance, appearances in the tour, and he's got fourth in 2017 and in 2020. So I'd expect him. And a young man that's uh, really erratic with his uh, riding, and then, but managed to climb up to fourth overall last year, and then we'll have the hopes of a nation on his shoulders 
will be Gado and that of um, Israel, oh, sorry, of Israel, of uh, the French capital of France, and that there they'll the guy that uh, they'll be looking to try and emulate the results of the French back a long time ago when they took out this tour, but it's been a very long time since we've had success from the French. So he's one of the men there that will be trying very hard to get himself on the podium. Julian, uh, what will be the stages in your mind uh, looking forward to the fact, I mean, they go across uh, the Pyrenees, the Massif Centrale, uh, Jura, the Alps. Um, what are the deciding stages for you, uh, you think, uh, in terms of working out uh, the eventual winner? Well, I think the second week of the tour is going to be a particularly nasty one for these riders, and that's where they've got a lot of climbing. As I mentioned, for some of these stages here, these riders are going to be climbing in excess of 5,000 metres um, in elevation, and that's, and that's and they're going to have to back that up day after day after day. And then when they go over towards the Tourmalet and so forth, and there's some significant climbs. So I think really there's no one particular stage, but more the fact of having to back up um, three or four stages within a, in a row there. Um, the sprinters are going to have, like Sir Paul and them, it's going to be tough. And the, the medium-sized climbs that he'll be fine with, those big climbs, because they've got to make a time cut each day, and that's based on a percentage of the winner's time across the line. So they've often got their own little race to try and time that perfection to ensure that they can get themselves through to that final uh, bonus kick into um, France, into Paris, I should say, and that's um, for the traditional finish there. So that second week, I think, who will start to really see the GC contenders merge. Um, however, and that is a number of the top guys have said, and Pogaccio being one of those guys that there, right from day one, this year there is no individual time trial, there's no team's um, time trial. Instead, it's a relatively lumpy sort of a circuit that they'll be doing. And, uh, and that straight away could see some time gaps starting to open up. I mean, this year's tour is only offering the one time trial, which is a mountainous one, and that could be a bit of a difference there for a few of the key top three or four riders at that point in time and whether you can uh, not necessarily win the race, but you could easily lose the race at that particular time if you're not having a good day and not backing it up. Interesting, there are two rest days. I was uh, looking at the calendar this year, one on July 10, uh, one on July 17, so a week apart. When I say rest days, what what does that entail for a, a cyclist uh, when you're competing in an event like the Tour de France? Yeah, well, if we talk about our top contenders with Pogaccia and uh, Vinegar, for example, they'll have quite a lot of media commitments, in that, which is not ideal for them, and that, uh, they obviously rest is foremost for these riders. But when I say rest, it's quite often active rest. I mean, there's been accounts of riders over the years who have gone out and done motor pacing, and that, which is literally you go out on your bike and you're in behind the motorbike or in behind a car with its boot open, and, that, uh, there, and they'll do over 100 kilometres. Because, again, talking about riders being able to back it up each day, the body can react quite differently for each of the riders there. And um, as much as the, the body's screaming out for rest, and it's, uh, if you just don't quite get that balance right between the sleep, the nutrition, and just actively keeping the legs just turning over, after an actual rest day, you can actually see quite often a number of riders actually struggling a little bit for the next day or two. And again, that uh, is a danger time for some. And then if they're having a bad day and, t and their key competitors are actually bounce back pretty well with it there, they can lose some big time. So it's a funny old one in terms of how the body will react. And each rider will have their own specific ways that they'll try to approach it. But for the vast majority, they'll do a ride of some sort, um, as I said, can vary between you know, an hour or so out on the road to being out for three or four hours. 
You mentioned Mark Cavendish before, and uh, he's been threatening to retire for some uh, period of time now. Uh, I just wonder when he does go, and it may be at the end of this tour, what will his legacy be? Because uh, probably one of the best-known riders still competing in terms of uh, New Zealand people watching on. I mean, it's a very familiar name. Oh, absolutely. He's um, a real legend in the sport, and, and this will be his last uh, Tour de France net there, and uh, it's his 14th time that he's going to be fronting onto the line and to be riding for his new team this year of Astana. It'll be interesting to see how they combine as a lead-out train for their sprinter, and as we mentioned earlier on, I mean, this is where his ambition is to claim the 35th stage win in this particular Tour, which will surpass the record of a name that a lot of your listeners will well know in the sport of Eddie Merckx who did it all, from whether it was a bunch sprint, whether it was a climb, whether it was a time trial. And Cavendish, uh, of course, he won into Rome in, the, in recent months in the Giro, and then on the final days, confirming that uh, his 2023 season, it is his final season, and that's, that he was actually shouldn't be written off, that he's actually still a guy who should be seriously um, a contender for some of these bunch sprints. But he's going to have to work it just right. He's got a few opportunities, but there's not a mass, as you mentioned earlier on. A lot of the course is very lumpy, and that, so it's going to make life very difficult. But a man of his experience, um, he knows how to get himself around three weeks of a grand tour. And as I've said before, experience can um, cater for a lot of that when it comes to these major tours here, both on and off the bike. But uh, he will leave a legacy that... Uh, to be, I honestly can't see that being broken by a number of riders in the, in the current formats, and that's uh, in terms of the sprinting ability at least. But then when you got the likes, likes of Pagacha and Vinegar and, and Co. and that there, they're certainly going to be riders that are going to set their mark and already have begun to set their mark in the sport. But from a sprinting point of view, Cavendish will be a name that will be long remembered. Just uh, looking at the other end of the scale then, we're talking about the greats here and uh, now we look uh, towards the future. You mentioned uh, George Bennett. You, you've, we've talked about Corbin, of course. Um, but what about the young Kiwi riders? I mean, uh, I mean, obviously this would be a goal for them, but how many realistically, uh, how's it looking at, at that level now in terms of um, development of our riders towards this kind of stage? I think it's very good in terms of the fact that we now have a number of riders who are riding at the highest level across the world now, both on the track, on the road, and mountain biking, cycling, cross gravel racing, and that. So the young riders of today now have got um, it's it's an actual reality if they put the work in, and of course it's got to be in the right place at the right time. Um, but there's certainly it's no longer that distant sort of goal, but just a bit of a dream, and that they can actually turn that into reality given that uh, New Zealand riders are being seriously um, looked at nowadays by a lot of these top teams. And we've seen that over the years. I mean, of course, we've got some very good record even in the Tour de France. And that the likes of uh, mm. Jack Fowler, Patrick Gibbon, and that uh, George Bennett and Dion Smith have all actually won stages in the Tour. But it was in, the, it was in their team, uh, team time trial, which is an outstanding effort itself. You've got Greg Henderson uh, and Julian Dean and Hayden Ralston, to name but a few. And it's, uh, so, yeah, we've got a fine record there, but it's definitely the doors have opened a lot, and particularly in probably about the last uh, four to five years, uh, the Australasian riders hit the Australians and the Kiwis. And then, of course, we've got two this year, Dion Smith back in there. Again, this, I think it's about his third uh, tour. 
and this young man, I mean, he's actually, he was the first New Zealander to ever wear a classification jersey, um, wearing the King of the Mountains jersey after the first few days of the tour there a few years ago. So it's, it is a reality, but it's, it's hard yards, and it's, um, there's a lot of, bit of luck involved. And as I said, being in the right place at the right time, having the right contacts, but I think uh, also nowadays there's different ways of which to approach. You don't necessarily have to go through the track program or go through a certain road program. There are different contacts out there and then for these riders. And New Zealand riding has um, developed a lot when you've got the likes of uh, James Kenny and behind the Mighty Q team, for example, which has uh, had a number of riders develop on through. We've got the Black Spoke team who are now lifted, gone right up to the, the highest levels and seeing photos of some of those guys the other day, likes of young uh, Tom Sexton of Southland, um, standing alongside some of those real tour riders on the podium. And that, uh, these guys are now rubbing shoulders with them. And not only just rubbing shoulders, they're not there just to participate and hold hands. They're actually there to race and, uh, and contest, which is um, great for the sports, great for our country, and certainly fantastic for our young riders to aspire towards. Julian, some late nights ahead for you then in the next three weeks. Oh, it certainly is. As I said, um, as having a, a local there involved in there, just having a couple of Kiwis. But I mean, just as a, a sport in itself, let alone all the history, which I know you, you talk to a lot of people, they, they love the coverage and that because you learn so much about France and, uh, and of course, mm. a little bit about Spain this year too, when that's where it starts um, before they cross the borders in a couple of days' time. But uh, just the whole history of it and all the things that go on behind it, it's, uh, it's certainly a hard one to pull yourself away from the TV. But no, I just look forward. I just hope the, the guys manage to stay upright, stay well, and, uh, and enjoy their first ever experience because it'll be one that uh, they'll remember for the rest of their lives. Oh, I totally agree. I think it's one of the best covered sports uh, I can remember in terms of its geography. It is just the, and the churches and the, the laneways that they, they cycle through, the little villages, the towns and the people along the side. It is just uh, something very, very special. Julian, uh, you've uh, really uh, previewed it in magnificent fashion for us this morning. Uh, we look forward to it and particularly the performance of Corbin Strong. And uh, thank you very much for your time. Uh, and uh, perhaps uh, maybe towards the, the conclusion, we might uh, get you to give us a bit of a review as well because that would be fantastic. Cheers, man. No problem. Thanks, guys.